Tales from Ravenbrook. The following is a recording recently discovered in the Ravenbrook Public Library. Public Records section filed under Paramedical Records. This session was conducted by Dr. Arthur Pembroke in July of 2002. Session 1, July 5th, 2002, 10.13 a.m. Good evening, Mr. Harlan. I appreciate your willingness to participate in this hypnosis session. As discussed, our goal here is to explore the source of your recurring nightmares and generalized anxiety. Please, make yourself comfortable. Thank you, Doctor. I'm, I'm really just hoping to get some answers. These dreams, they're, <clears throat> they're driving me crazy. I understand. These situations can be quite challenging, and the root of them can be difficult to ascertain. But I believe we can get to the bottom of this together. If you're ready, we'll begin. Just take a deep breath and relax. Close your eyes. As you drift into a state of relaxation, focus on the sound of my voice. You are safe. This process is meant to help you understand the root of your distress. Now, Mr. Harlan, I see no sense in delay. Let's delve into these memories that are troubling you. Imagine yourself in a place where you feel calm and secure. A serene landscape, perhaps. This place will act as something of a home base for you as we explore together. Can you describe it? I I see a field. The, the grass is vibrant, green. There's a warm breeze. But it's strange, Doctor. I, I can't shake off this uneasy feeling. That's okay. Let's explore where you are a little further. As you wander through the field, notice any details or objects that stand out. I don't know. I. The sky is darkening. There's a, there's a light, Doctor. A, a bright light over the field. It's blinding. I can't look away. Allow the light to guide you. What happens next? I'm off the ground. I'm I'm floating toward the light. It's pulling me. I I'm powerless. I I can't resist. That's all right, Mr. Harlan. No need to resist. You are safe here. Just let the wave of your experience carry you. Tell me what you see as you approach the light. It's not just a light, it's a craft. Huge and metallic. There are strange symbols on its surface and now now I'm inside. It's like nothing I've ever seen, Doctor. The walls seem alive, like they're... I don't know, like they're breathing. Take your time, Mr. Harlan. Slow your breathing. What happens once you're inside? Figures. Tall, thin figures with stretched out heads. Their, their eyes are piercing. They're examining me. Probing my mind. I, I can't move. I'm paralyzed. Try to recall any communication, any words exchanged. 
They speak without speaking, Doctor. In my mind. They've been watching, no, studying humanity. They claim to understand our fears. Ugh, my, my head, it hurts. It's, it's blinding. What kind of pain, Mr. Harlan? I don't know, it's, it's like nothing I've ever felt before. It's like, it's like they're sifting through my memories, every thought, every emotion, they're, They're showing me visions. They're horrific. The world is crumbling. Cities in ruins. It's it's apocalyptic. These visions are are they a warning? No. It's it's a revelation. They made that very clear. They're they're sharing the future they've seen. Take a moment, Mr. Harlan. You're safe here. Now, let's slowly return from this memory. Picture the field, your home base. Feel the ground beneath you. Gradually come back to the present. Okay. All right. You've done well, Mr. Harlan. In our next session, we'll explore these memories further. Remember... Understanding is the first step to healing. Session notes, 7502. Patient David Harlan appears to have experienced a severely traumatic experience. His hypnosis session unveiled a deeply unsettling narrative of alleged alien abduction experiences. The vividness of his recollections and the emotional intensity suggest profound impact on his psyche. It's crucial to approach these revelations with sensitivity and an understanding of the potential psychological toll. As the session progressed, the emotional and psychological impact on the patient became evident. The pain associated with the mental probing and revelation of apocalyptic visions elicited genuine fear and vulnerability. It is essential to approach subsequent sessions with the focus on providing support, understanding, and exploring potential therapeutic interventions. The overall goal for future sessions is to delve deeper into Mr. Harlan's subconscious, unravel the layers of these disturbing memories, and guide him toward a path of healing and resolution. Monitoring his emotional state and ensuring a safe therapeutic environment will be paramount in navigating the complexities of these purported alien abduction experiences. Session 2, July 12th, 2002, 10.07 a.m. Welcome back, Mr. Harlan. How are you feeling after our last session? I... I can't shake off the images, Doctor. It's like they're burned into my mind. We're here to explore and understand, Mr. Harlan. Your subconscious often holds the key to unlocking these mysteries. Shall we continue? Of course, yes. Yes. I'm ready. Good. Good. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. And let the tension slip away. Focus on the sound of my voice. 
Now envision the field again. Can you see it? Yes, Doctor. The field is there. But it's different this time. Darker. There's something, uh, scary about it. Trust the process, Mr. Harlan. Let the vision unfold. What happens next? The craft is back. It's drifting down toward me. It's, it's hovering above the field. The symbols on its surface are glowing. Let's push forward to where we left off. Enter the craft, Mr. Harlan. Allow yourself to explore its interior once more. I'm inside, Doctor. The, f the figures are there again. Silent. The observing. But this time they're not alone. There are others. Like me. People. Strapped to tables. They're, they're being examined. Take a moment, Mr. Harlan. Describe the surroundings in more detail. The walls, they're... It sounds so silly, but the walls, they're alive. They're, they're pulsating. And the air is strange, different, heavy with this metallic scent. It smells like, it smells like pennies. The figures are, they're moving so precisely. It's so clinical. They're, they're conducting experiments. It's a nightmare. Can you hear anything, Mr. Harlan? Any sounds within the craft? Oh, yes. It's... It's crowded with noise, humming, beeping, and this this low grinding noise. I can feel it more than I can hear it. I, it's like you can't escape it. Focus on your emotions, Mr. Harlan. What are you feeling in this moment? Terror, Doctor. Pure terror. I mean, I'm I'm trapped. I'm helpless. And then that pain in my head, it's back. Oh, God, I see the visions again. They're, they're even more vivid than before. Tell me about the visions, Mr. Harlan. What do you see? Destruction, Doctor. Cities in flames, skies filled with darkness. It's, it's as if the world is ending. But there's something else, a, a presence. Not a person or a thing. It's like an awareness. It's causing all this. Coming closer. You're doing well, Mr. Harlan. Now let's gently return to the present. Picture the field again. Home base. Feel the ground beneath you. You're safe. Gradually return. When you're ready, open your eyes. Take your time, Mr. Harlan. We'll continue to explore these memories together. Understanding is the key to finding peace. Session Notes 7-12-02 The second hypnosis session with Mr. Harlan delved further into the details of his alleged alien abduction experience. The patient's distress appears to intensify as he recounts encounters within an alien craft, providing additional layers to his trauma. Mr. Harlan's emotional response remains pronounced, 
reflecting genuine terror and helplessness. The therapeutic challenge lies in balancing exploration and support, ensuring the patient's well-being throughout the process. As we proceed, it is crucial to continue providing a safe space for Mr. Harlan to express and process these distressing memories. Well, visions, rather. I'm far from convinced that these images are anything but his mind's way of coping with what actually occurred, whatever that was. Further sessions will focus on deciphering the symbolic elements in his experiences, exploring healthier coping mechanisms, and working toward integrating these revelations into a comprehensive understanding of his psychological state. Session 3, July 25th, 2002, 11.09 a.m. Good afternoon, Mr. Harlan. I couldn't help but notice that you rescheduled this appointment twice. Is everything all right? How have you been since our last session? It's difficult, Doctor. The, the nightmares are getting worse. The visions, they're, they're fucking with me even during the day when I'm awake. I I guess I'm just starting to wonder if this is really going to help. Relax, Mr. Harlan. Trust the process. Our journey is nearing its end. I believe that today we will confront the source of your distress. This confrontation may be difficult, but as they say, the only way out is through. Are you prepared? All right. Yes. 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 You're right. Let's do this. Excellent. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. And let the field manifest in your mind. The field, Mr. Harlan. Do you see it? The field is gone, Doctor. I'm in a different place. I'm cold. Metallic surfaces. I'm in a huge chamber and the figures are there, but they're different now. More distorted, more almost nightmarish. Continue, Mr. Harlan. Describe the chamber, the figures, and your surroundings. Take it all in. It's like an alien landscape in here. Walls are covered in veins of light that... Figures are moving so gracefully. You know, it would be beautiful if it weren't so horrifying. And there. Up there in the center. A, a taller figure. It's towering. It's, it's eyes. It, it sees me. It, it's pushing in. Are there others with you in this chamber, Mr. Harlan? No. No, I, I'm alone. The tall one, it's... Communicating with me, not words. I, I don't hear a thing, but emotions. It knows my fears, my weaknesses. It's it's probing my mind. It's it's unbearable. Focus on your emotions, Mr. Harlan. What is the tall one trying to convey? It's ancient, Doctor. 
It, it has witnessed the rise and fall of civilizations. It's, it's a collector of memories, of experiences. I can, I can feel the pain, the suffering, despair of countless beings across the cosmos. I've been chosen to carry these burdens. Chosen for what purpose, Mr. Harlan? To be a vessel, Doctor. A vessel for the collective suffering of all existence. You see, it wants to transcend. To ascend beyond the limitations of its form. I am to be the conduit. The tall one. Does it have a name? A purpose? No name, Doctor. Its purpose is beyond your comprehension. It, it exists to absorb the pain and agony of the universe. And now it wants to merge with me. To make me the bearer of its infinite sorrow. We must bring you back, Mr. Harlan. Picture the field again. Home base. Feel the ground beneath you. The chamber fades away. You are safe. Open your eyes, Mr. Harlan. You've done well today. We've uncovered some deep-seated memories. And in understanding them, we can work towards your healing. Doctor, what does it mean? I mean, could that actually be true? Could I have been chosen for some cosmic burden? The mind is a complex landscape, Mr. Harlan. These visions may be symbolic, manifestations of deep-seated fears and anxieties. Our goal is to unravel these layers, one by one, and guide you toward peace. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Doctor. Session Notes 72502. The third hypnosis session with Mr. Harlan has brought forth the most unsettling revelations yet. The so called Tall One's intention to use Mr. Harlan as some sort of vessel for universal suffering raises intricate and potentially distressing questions about the nature of his experiences. Mr. Harlan's emotional response remains intense, reflecting genuine fear and anxiety. It is evident that these purported cosmic revelations have left a profound impact on his psychological well-being. While the hypnosis sessions have provided valuable insights, the complexity of the narrative and its potential implications require a transition back to traditional therapy sessions. Considering the gravity of the content and its potential effects on Mr. Harlan's mental health, it is prudent to reintegrate conventional therapeutic methods. Moving forward, my approach will involve a combination of cognitive behavioral techniques, trauma-focused interventions, and open dialogue to help him process and make sense of these distressing experiences. I only hope that these supposed memories are truly acting as a coping mechanism for processing some trauma of a more terrestrial variety. All this can't be true, 
right? On July 25th, 2002, at approximately 1.15 p.m., witnesses reported seeing Thomas Harlan vanish before their eyes while examining the ripeness of a cantaloupe in the produce aisle of Ravenbrook Country Market. A missing person's report was filed, but he hasn't been seen since. So, our first, technically our first aliens, because we kind of flirt with aliens and one of the, I can't even remember the one, one episode I had done, or one story I had done, but mm-hmm. this is straight aliens and literally recount of an abduction, which is awesome. And I'm yeah. super pumped about this yeah. one. It's, um, I... I was thinking, like, what is, what it, because, you know, when you write these stories, you go through, like, what are the sort of tropes in the paranormal world, right? Right. What are the things you hear about over and over and over again? And one of the big ones is hypnosis, right? And these tapes that we're left with of these hypnosis sessions. So I thought that would be a super cool medium to tell the story. I mean, it's like, these these hypnotic regression sessions and things like that are awesome. Uh, like and before we before we started recording, we were talking about Betty and Barney Hill. Like those ones yeah. specific are my favorites, um, just because how raw and emotional and things like that they were. Yeah. That if we didn't have so, it wouldn't make. I mean, it wouldn't. It, there wouldn't be that level of authenticity. Yeah, the story wouldn't be the same. Right. For sure. That. Yeah. There, there's a chance that they could have just been written off as, you know, crazy people. Yeah, exactly. And it's the tapes that made that story what it is, for sure. Yeah, and of course we uncover a lot of the details yep. through these hypnosis sessions. And we, you and I, have discussed many times the validity, the possible validity of hypnotic regression in general. Yeah, right? without a doubt. But, like, that... Whether you believe in the process or not, whether you consider it to be pseudoscience or whatever, it's it doesn't change how compelling those tapes are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the thing is with that brings the emotion of not ne- not just the session, but what they're reliving again, whether yeah. that is authentic or. Uh, it's coached or whatever else you know um you might think but like yep. it's still it's emotional and you know being able to have like go through that um you're kind of re reliving that experience or creating the experience again whatever <laughs> however you sure. feel about these types of sessions like it doesn't definitely doesn't take away from how real it gets yeah i mean i'll no matter what you think, I will die on the hill that that Barney Hill in that tape is genuinely traumatized. A thousand percent. Like it's like there to me there's no question. And they they're hard to listen to because of how like they are. How emotional he gets and just but again, like it, I that to me makes it that much more real. Yeah. And I you know I have I have my my thoughts on hypnotic regression and stuff like that. Like I feel like it definitely obviously serves its purpose and it's good to do. Yeah. Um I think some cases might coach 
um, yeah. you know, the person during the session. I mean, of course, we've we've talked a lot about. Uh, oh my gosh, why can't Hopkins? I think yes, Bud Hopkins yeah. and his his different sessions, and he clearly yeah creates a lot of these types of things. I mean, that's not to take away from the experiencer, you know, the person, sure. the person in the seat. But I feel like he he definitely did a lot of. So you see this, right? Yeah. Tell me what it looks he like. It looks things like this, for his right? own purpose. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was a dirtbag. So to put it lightly, there's there's that you know, and so. But again, I I feel like it's very important. Like these sessions are extremely important in these types of cases because we get a lot of be- a yeah. lot of that information. That's true, and especially when it's raw and it's real, it's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. It's also in this story, one of my favorite things that that was revealed in this story was that the Ravenbrook Public Library, which we haven't been to since the zombie episode. Yeah, the zombie episode, yep. Yeah. But we found out in this story that Yeah. Long while. Halloween. Yep. And that's like almost the you know, its inception. Like Yeah. Very, very early. We started, I mean, I think that's around when we started doing Tales from Ravenbrook. Yeah. Just Friday Night Fright. Yep. We, um, but we, we found out in this story that the Ravenbrook Public Library, in their public records section, has a, a section where records are filed under paramedical records, which... I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, that could be a hotbed for some weird yeah. shit. I wonder if any of our public libraries have that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna on. go out on a limb and say probably <laughs> exactly. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. I mean, leave it to a town like Ravenbrook, though. Yeah, just have exactly. all that shit like publicly available. We also have the the introduction of Doctor Pimrook, who yeah. is a psychologist in Ravenbrook that does hypnosis sessions. We could easily see him again. Yep, easily. Easily. Something tells me we won't see Mr. Harlan again. <laughs> <laughs> so what what happened to that uh what was it a cantaloupe, right? Yeah. Yeah, what what happened to the cantaloupe? Did it disappear with Fell them? to the ground. Okay. Nope. I hope like whoever was watching they're like, oh yeah, I was waiting. I wanted that cantaloupe. Like takes it yeah. and runs. They jumped in and catch it before it hits the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's also one of my favorite parts of the story, just because it's so silly and it's such like a perfect <laughs> yeah. way to like have him just get get taken. I mean, yeah, we we talked. I think he talks about like becoming a vessel and stuff like that. So like we know these things, you know, yeah. we know that something's coming. But yeah, it's and it's just, just three hours. <laughs> just three hours after that final session, he's in the. Another another landmark that we got for the first time, Ravenbrook Country Market. Ah, true, true, yeah. A, a little little grocery stand, and uh, three hours after that final session, he's checking out a cantaloupe and gets pulled up. <laughs> he's out of there. Well done. I like it. Thank you. So, you know, who knows? Maybe Mr. Harlan is now the, you know, the intergalactic vessel for all pain and suffering. Maybe, maybe a they, pretty heavy order to fill. Maybe they spit him back out, and they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, you, you, we chose wrong." Could be he just shows up and like 
town square one day, just sitting there. <laughs> or he just like they reappears just in the cantaloupe aisle. Yeah, that's also a possibility. Yeah. No, I think he's he's got bigger bigger shoes to fill there. When he could just like they could have just dropped him in fucking Penobscot Bay. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Those landmarks. Yeah. That's all right. But no, I I really liked this one. Yeah, and me too. I think it it revealed some some cool characters that might that we might see again in the future and uh I think that paramedical records section might I, uh, yeah, might, I'm stoked to see might be a can, little Pandora's box. What we can do with that. I think so too. I think so. Cuz we can get into a lot of historical stuff with that too. Yep. To bring into our present day, which which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. Well, excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, you ready for your story? Are you ready? Yeah, I think so. All right. The Hum. 7th of October, 1963. In the quiet embrace of this peculiar town, something inexplicable is unfurled. A haunting symphony, a vibration that dances in the air. I cannot hear it, but I feel it. A silent pulse that echoes through the heart of Ravenbrook. The hum arrives three times a day like clockwork. It begins with a low rumble, gradually escalating until it crescendos into an otherworldly melody. The residents, unsuspecting, halt their lives as the sound envelops them. It is a strange dance, a collective pause, as if the town itself takes a long, drawn-out breath. From my vantage point perched on the porch of my cottage, I watch the townsfolk succumb to the invisible force. Their faces, once vibrant with life, now vacant masks of tranquility. They move in unison, an eerie choreography orchestrated by an unseen conductor. It's a spectacle of the surreal, a performance of the inexplicable. Mrs. Hawthorne, the baker with flower-dusted hands, transforms into a sculptor of baked goods during the hum. The cobblestones become her canvas, and she arranges her creations with meticulous precision. It's a pastry artistry that defies reason, an offering to a melody only she can truly comprehend. Others stand frozen, gazing into the distance with vacant eyes. They exist in a liminal space, bodies here but minds elsewhere. It's as if the hum transports them into a realm beyond our understanding, a place where the normal rules of Ravenbrook cease to apply. Yet, I remain untouched by the audible manifestation of this enigma. Deafness, my constant companion, shields me from the melody, leaving me to navigate the landscape of vibrations. The hum is not just a sound, it's a tangible force that caresses the air, disfiguring and manipulating the very fabric of our reality. As the vibrations permeate the town, I feel a strange resonance within myself. It's not a discomfort, but a recognition of something beyond the veil of perception. The hum and its silent grandeur is a reminder that Ravenbrook is more than it seems. A town pulsating with mysteries waiting to unravel before me. 
In these moments, as the hum weaves its ethereal tapestry, I observe my neighbors with a mix of fascination and trepidation. There's an intimacy in witnessing their vulnerabilities, a shared vulnerability in the face of the unknown. The trance-like state, however, is but a prelude to that lingering effects that persist long after the melody dissipates. In the twilight hours, as the sun dips below the horizon, I sit with my journal open before me. Sketches and observations fill its pages, a testament to the strangeness that has woven itself into the very fabric of Ravenbrook. The question lingers in my mind, unspoken but palpable. What does it all mean? I don't know what it means. I write with the quill dipped in uncertainty. But I am scared. Something is coming. I don't know what it is. I don't think we are ready. But something is definitely coming. The hum echoes in the fading daylight, leaving Ravenbrook suspended in a peculiar silence. The town, a canvas painted with vibrations, awaits the next stroke in this mysterious composition. The days blur into one another, each marked by the ritualistic hum that continues to shatter the very soul of Ravenbrook. The melody, if one could call it that, remains an enigma to me, a silent force that binds the town in an inexplicable dance. As I watch my neighbors move like puppets dangling from a string, I sense a growing undercurrent of unease, a shadow that lingers on the outskirts of our collective consciousness. The lingering effects of the hum manifest in subtle ways, like ripples in a pond after a stone has been cast. Conversations among the townsfolk become fragmented, their words meandering through disjointed paths. Laughter, once a vibrant symphony, now rings hollow, carrying the weight of a distant echo. The camaraderie that once defined Ravenbrook begins to fray, threads unraveling as the town grapples with the aftermath of the peculiar melody. Last night I wandered the quiet streets under the moon's watchful gaze, observing the townspeople as they navigated the shadows of their own making. A hushed tension hung in the air, thick and palpable. I passed by their familiar faces, their eyes haunted by a knowing that eludes articulation. As I approached the town square, I witnessed a peculiar sight. A group of residents, once friends who shared laughter and stories, stood in a circle. Their gazes were locked on an invisible focal point, their bodies swaying to an unheard rhythm. In the center of their trance, a small figure stood, hands raised as if conducting an ethereal orchestra. The hum had long ceased, but its influence lingered in the air, a spectral conductor guiding the dance of shadows. I tried to approach, to pierce the veil that separated them from the reality I knew, but an invisible barrier held me back. It was as if the hum had woven a protective cocoon around them, shielding them from the intrusion of an outsider. I stood on the periphery, a silent observer to a ceremony whose purpose remained obscured. The next morning, 
The town awoke with a collective weariness etched on every face. The lingering effects of the hum had woven themselves into the very heart of Ravenbrook, leaving an indelible mark on its residents. Conversations took on a solemn tone, as if the town itself mourned the loss of something intangible. In the midst of this strange tapestry, I sought solace in the mountains that cradled Ravenbrook. The peaks, clouded in mist, seemed to guard ancient secrets that whispered through the rustling leaves. Alone, in silence, I reflected on the words I had penned in my journal. Something is coming. The anticipation hangs heavy in the air like storm clouds gathering on the horizon. I can feel it. A looming presence that casts shadows on the edges of consciousness. The residents of Ravenbrook, still caught in the aftermath of the hum, move through their lives with a quiet trepidation. Their actions betray a collective awareness, a shared fear that taints the air with uncertainty. As I write these words, I cannot escape the feeling that we stand on the precipice of an unknown abyss. The hum, a mere prelude, has set the stage for something greater, something beyond the comprehension of Ravenbrook. What lies ahead remains a mystery, a shadow that stretches across the town like a harbinger of the unknown. I don't know what it is, I confess in my journal, the ink on the pages mirroring the uncertainty in my heart. But something is definitely coming. Yeah, that is a cool story. Sweet. <laughs> like, okay, first off, I like that you wrote in an in a an earlier date. Yeah, because most of your stories have been fairly modern so far. Yeah, I want. I'm trying to find my way back. <laughs> so I want to yeah. go and I want to do some really early ones. Um, but I want to play with this. Uh, there's there's, there's yeah. something that can be done as a result of this um and it's it's more so it's subtle you know it's subtle in in the sense that we don't really know what it is but there is this kind of hum that's that's kind of uh the, this hum that's going on that's it's three times a day like clockwork yeah and it leaves the residents either fully like in a trance or causes them to do just strange things like strange behaviors like the uh, the baker yeah. it gives you know. the whole town it gives the whole town cte right all at once yeah so it's uh yeah it's like so what what is what is that what is the cause what are the effects that it's going to have on our our residents i mean obviously we have this character um by the name of alara uh she the name was it was originally in there but i i didn't want to have an introduction so i took it out yeah. um but we have this person as is like almost like an outsider because she's deaf yeah. so she doesn't hear this sound she can only feel it she knows it's there she yep. knows it's causing these people to act strange and everything but it's kind of her perception of the whole thing as she watches it unravel yeah i i liked i first off i really like that you scrapped the introduction because i like that it just sort of drops on you that she's deaf yeah and that's the reason why she's mm -hmm. yeah i like that a lot um and it, 
It's interesting. It's sort of like Lovecraftian almost, the idea that there's this like entity that's slowly taking over everyone. That's like, you know, doing it a little at a time, just just creeping horror that's growing within every citizen of Ravenbrook. You know what I mean? I mean, if we can do anything that's comparable to Lovecraft, right? I'm into it. I mean, that's existential horror right there. Yeah. The idea that just like a hum in the sky would turn every person in the town into a living marionette, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty fucked up. It's sort of like an otherworldly Pied Piper. Yeah. So what what is the cause? What what is the purpose? Again, that's a great question. Yeah. And so, like, you know, it's something, there can be, there can be a follow-up, there could not. Like, I mean, it can literally be just that and be this kind of, this, this question that remains. And then maybe that's also another cause for some of these strange things, right? But. I, I didn't quite catch if she referenced how long it had been going on. It's, so, originally, it was three times a day for one straight month. But it doesn't go back to reference that month, which okay. I think I mean she even she mentions even after it stopped, like the the effects do linger at that point. So yeah, we know we know that it has ceased, but still people are definitely still affected. Yeah, I have to remember that this is something that was going on in the early '60s in Ravenbrook. This home, yeah, yeah. Cause that you know that that could creep up in in another story, you know, mm-hmm. like just as like a background element, or yeah, this is someone else dealing with it in October of 1963. So, yeah, that's interesting, man. I it's it reminds me of because this is like a documented phenomenon, not the mind control aspect of it, but these like bizarre sounds that yeah. entire towns hear, mm-hmm. and they have no explanation for it like these like sky trumpets and fucking these big siren noises and or some of them is it's like grinding like a really loud grinding noise yeah it's yeah it's weird man yeah i know i've 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 seen you know cases where like towns just have this this strange background almost like this constant hum that's always there yeah and nowhere else but like once you're in this area it's it's just there until you're out i i would say in it reminds me of in my story for this episode that we just listened to yeah at the beginning it reminds me of the hum that he describes on the craft that Ooh. he can feel more than he can hear it's like a constant grinding yeah. hum sweet yeah i i didn't think about that that that's cool. Yeah. Well, nice. So maybe it's something extraterrestrial. Maybe it's, maybe it is. you know, I mean, could be. maybe it's not be... otherworldly. Maybe it's otherworldly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm into it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. It's it, again, it's subtle. It's, it's there, but it's just yeah. not, not just all in your face. Like, bam, this is going on. I have to imagine most of the people don't remember that it even happened if it takes no. them over. Right? No, I, I wouldn't yeah. think so. I mean, we we don't really explore that, but I don't I don't think anyone outside. And that's the thing about her seeing this; like, she gets to be the outsider to watch it because yeah, it doesn't observer. affect her the way that it affects it. If it 
Like it's a, obviously it's like an audible effect versus yeah, just the feeling. The waves. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, I, I doubt anyone would remember what happens, and if they eventually all go back to normal, or if they're just kind of in a you know weird weird state the rest of their lives. I doubt it. I I would yeah. think that they'll go back to normal, but I think it's going to take some time. Maybe this was. Maybe this was just an experiment run by some aliens for a short period of time see, to see, you know, how it affected the people. Right. Yeah. I, I played with I played with ideas of why this is happening and how it's happening. Did you consider revealing the source of it in the story? Yeah. Or did you want to leave it hanging? Yeah, I mean I considered it. Um but I I, I don't know, I think it takes away. I agree. I yeah, I like the way you left it. It's eerie. Because you just get, like, this jagged chunk of history scraped out of the, you know, out of the records. That's all. We also got a new character, Mrs. Hawthorne, who ran Mrs. a bakery Hawthorne, in the 60s. Her bakery, yeah. Yeah. I gotta write these, these things down so we don't forget them. <laughs> Filling it out. Yep. Well, awesome. I like it, dude. Great stories this Thank week. You. Thank you. Yeah, you too. You too. Yeah. Completely, completely different. Two different, uh, you know, feels for both, which... I'm into. It's awesome. Yep. Agreed. 40 years apart. All right. I think that's going to conclude this week's episode of Tales from Ravenbrook. The Harlan Abduction and the Hum. <laughs>